Hi, my name is Candice E. Fries. I'm a partner in the Child and Family Law Department at Shepson and Wiley Attorneys. And this is my colleague who I work very closely with, Kate. Hi, I'm Kate Wersthazen. I'm also a partner in the Family Law Department at Shepson and Wiley. And today we're going to be talking about some of the most commonly asked questions regarding care and contact in children's custody. All right, to start off with, what exactly is child custody? Child custody is the physical care of children usually awarded to one party on divorce. Traditionally, custody used to be referred to in South African settlement agreements and parental plans when you obtain a divorce. But since the new Children's Act has come into being, we now refer to custody in different terminology, which is known as parental rights and responsibilities. Candice, what makes up parental rights and responsibilities? So, parental rights and responsibilities are made up of the right to care for the child, the right to have contact with the child, the responsibility to maintain the child, and the right of guardianship. Uh, can you elaborate on the right of guardianship? Guardianship is actually often misconstrued as custody. Guardianship, in fact, has nothing to do with the physical care of children. Guardianship is a very specific right, which gives parents the ability to act in a legal capacity on behalf of their children. An example would be if a minor child needs to be removed from the Republic. If both parents have guardianship, then they both have to consent to the child being removed from the Republic. And when you say removed from the Republic, you mean, for example, like going to the UK on holiday? That's right. So the South African terms of care and contact are often used interchangeably with the American terms, which are custody and visitation. Another commonly used term in South Africa to refer to care is a primary residence of children. That's right. Uh, primary residence is actually something that is specific to KZN. We, for some unique reason, decided to refer to primary residence in terms of where the child will live. So where care is the day-to-day -day contact with the child, primary residence is where the child will physically live. Often that can be shared between the parties where you have a situation called shared residency. Um, one parent has primary residence and another parent then has contact to the children. To go back to shared residency for a moment, that would be the equivalent of joint custody in America, in common terms. Yes. Um, and what does that usually look like? Joint residency is usually a scenario where two parents are in close proximity to each other and they have a very good working relationship and are therefore able to run two separate households um, but communicate with each other effectively to make that work. An easy example of that would be where one parent, say the mother, has a child for one week in her care and then the next week it would switch and that child would be in the father's care. That's right. The problem being, however, that where you have young children, that can be a particularly disruptive arrangement for the children. So it might be an ideal scenario 
in a parent's mind, but it's not necessarily in the best interests of the children. All right, that takes us to another interesting point, which is what factors are considered when determining child custody? In determining what the factors are, there is a list that one can find in the preamble of the definitions in the Children's Act. And it's a very long list of factors which specifically relate to that family. For instance, what kind of bond do the children have with that particular parent? How involved is that particular parent? Who does the day-to-day picking up, dropping off, doing the homework, etc.? Be it that there's a list in the Children's Act, they're actually very practical factors that need to be taken into account. That's correct. It's not a one-size-fits-all. And that's what's so important in family law is that we're often asked, what is the answer to this particular scenario? And there's almost always a different answer depending on the children's ages, depending on the family circumstances and the facts of the matter. Because no two families are the same. Yes. But I think one of the most, or actually it is the most important consideration when it comes to children, is what is in their best interests. Yes, absolutely. The best interests principle is enshrined in the Constitution and in the Children's Act, and you'll find it everywhere in the legislation which relates to children. And what is quite interesting to consider is that while parents have rights and responsibilities in respect of their children, it's important to consider that from the other way around as well, because it's actually the child's rights to their parents. They didn't get to choose who their mother and father are. That needs to be given a great deal of consideration and their views need to be heard as well. What would you say if somebody said to you, my child is 13 years old, and my husband and I are getting divorced and he doesn't want to live with his mom because he's decided he'd prefer to live with his dad. How would the child's view be given weight in that scenario? A child's voice is given consideration or due weight in terms of that child's age and maturity. And again, no two children are the same. So you can have a particularly immature 16-year-old that, for example, wants to live with dad because dad has promised him a car or other fun things. But you can also have, and we've experienced ourselves in our practices, incredibly mature six-year-olds who know exactly why they want to live with dad, for example, and can give you really articulate reasons as to why. 